Hey, welcome along, Philip Ward Show Thursday night edition. Wow, we have new reporting from the Atlanta Journal Constitution about voter fraud in Georgia. And we'll point out how the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, what he's saying now, as opposed to what he was saying when uh, the former President of the United States, Donald Trump, first brought up election fraud. I remember how he taped him on that leaked audio and then sent it to the Washington Compost. He's really changed his tune now and we'll get into all of that. We have some news about Cuba and Black Lives Matter who, get this, are supporting the dictatorial regime in Cuba. It's unbelievable. Uh, Miami Herald article coming up about that as well. This woman, Fabiola Santiago, I think writes an excellent article um, today in the Miami Herald. But we'll get into all of that as the program progresses. Here's the headline today from the BBC. And I have to give the BBC credit for holding Joe Biden, Joe Unity, to account. Here's the headline. Biden and Merkel united against Russia aggression. So... What they, the, basically what the, what the article uh, entails is that Biden and Merkel, so both of them are, are upset with Vladimir Putin, right? They can't stand that darn Vladimir Putin and Russia, correct? But the facts behind it, though, tell a different tale. Now, in this BBC article, here's an exact quote from Biden. We stand together and will continue to stand together to defend our eastern flank allies at NATO against Russian aggression. But then they put this in there, and they're absolutely right. He acknowledged the two did not see eye to eye on the nearly complete $11 billion Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline, which again, and, and here it is here, said in that quote, Joe Biden says, good friends can disagree, as said Mr. Biden, who recently waived sanctions against Nord Stream 2. Now remember, when it comes to the uh, pipeline here, Keystone XL, and Joe Biden, 11,000 American jobs just gone like that. No, he was fine doing that. But when it comes to Russia building their pipeline, he waives the sanctions. Now, is this a Joe Biden that's supposed to be president of the United States or a Joe Biden that's president and is looking out for the best interests of Russia? Makes no sense at all. But for Angela Merkel, by the way, I mean, you got to say Angela Merkel is her name. I think we call her Angela here in the United States, but it is what it is. So... She, you know, she doesn't see eye to eye with Joe on um, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. But if you go back to Forbes, and this is in, um, this is on July 19th, 2018. David Keating, who writes a sustainability contributor, uh, is his own biography. You know, these journalists in our country really take themselves very, very seriously. But he writes an article here. How dependent is Germany on Russian gas? He writes, this week, Russian state-run gas giant Gazprom announced its latest export figures. One number was of particular interest. The company revealed that Russia's natural gas exports to Germany increased 12.2% in the first half of 2018 compared to the first half of 2017. The increase follows record years for Gazprom exports to Germany in 2016 and 2017, with the country receiving 53.4 billion cubic meters um, of, of uh, natural gas. 
Germany is the largest buyer of Russian natural gas. And by the way, he puts in here, Trump said in a testy public exchange, again, remember this is from 2018, with NATO Secretary General uh, uh, Jens Stolenberg, that Germany gets 70% of its gas from Russia. He says this is nowhere near the actual figure. The precise current amount is difficult to measure, you know, so on and so forth. Though, in, But um, even further evidence, by the way, 2015, Germany imported 35% of its gas from Russia. So if it's going up, I don't think Donald Trump is too far off saying that that Germany gets their natural gas. Is it 70%? I'm not sure about that, but I would figure it's probably close to that. Germany is incredibly dependent on Russia. So I don't think there's any, you know, united against Russian aggression going on here with Biden and Merkel. I think it's a, you know, and like I said, I, I, I applaud BBC for saying that they, that of course Biden waived sanctions and putting that in there, but the whole, as a whole, the article, I don't know if, it, if it's that honest. I really don't because the facts and, t and statistics show that both Merkel, who's getting gas from Russia, Biden, who waived sanctions on Russia, I don't think they're so united against Russian aggression. I think they're united in helping Russia. And then Joe really made the liberals angry today by saying this quote when he was um, asked about Cuba, right? He said this quote, communism is a failed system. A universally failed system. Finally, Joe Unity has, has actually gotten something right. But he says, I don't see socialism as a very useful substitute. So, uh, oh, whoa, AOC better have not heard that. I mean, the so-called squad in the Democratic Party, they hear something like that. Oh, it is curtains for Joe Unity Biden. You think that they're going to take that? This democratic, you know, socialist squad of the party absolutely is in love with socialism. Joe Unity saying that today? Oh, no, I don't think it's good news for Joe Unity Biden. All right, as we roll along, so here's the new reporting in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Now, this came out on Tuesday. Get this headline because, again, remember... There was no voter fraud. No, no, no. This was the safest election in the history of our country. Joe Unity Biden legally got 81 million votes. Here's your headline. Some ballots initially double counted in Fulton before recount. Whoa, wait a minute here. This doesn't fit the narrative. A duplicate write-in vote for singer Kanye West was a big clue that some absentee ballots have been counted twice in Fulton County. Digital ballot images made public under Georgia's new voting law show nearly 200 ballots, including one for Kanye West, that election officials initially scanned two times last fall before a recount. The discovery of identical ballots provides evidence to back up allegations of problems in the presidential election. A group of voters seeking to prove the election was fraudulent say double counting is the beginning of what they hope to find. Now remember, we have this, this is all because of the audit going on in Georgia. There's an audit as well going on in Arizona. 
Now, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, by the way, is no right-wing media outlet. I mean, it's the furthest thing from it. It's left-wing as possible in, At um, in Atlanta. They write this, though. Double-counted ballots were discovered by voters suing Fulton County in an effort to persuade a judge to allow them to conduct an in-depth inspection of 147,000 absentee ballots. Well, the uh, the judge get into that in a second. The judge ruled against the plaintiffs last month, but the case survived with new claims filed against the county's five election board members. Again, these these judges, by the way, and 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 even the Supreme Court. I mean, they want nothing to do with this. They would rather sit back, do nothing at all, let the politicians handle it, with not even wanting to get involved. Not even wanting to let the American people know one way or another, was there actual election fraud? Why do they do that, by the way? That's really what I want to know. I mean, aren't, aren't they there to judge? Aren't they there to uphold the Constitution? I mean, they, they could care less about any of the, the allegations of voter fraud. It's unbelievable. And remember, it's it's so hypocritical of our mainstream media because they went on and on and on about voter fraud, about collusion with Russia for three years of the Trump presidency when we knew that the Russian dossier was paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Fusion GPS and Perkins Coie and the DNC, but no one ever wanted to talk about that. It was all lies from the beginning. And and I would argue that that Steele dossier, well, the media used that to undermine the Trump presidency for three years. Total joke. Now they don't want to report on this, though. Anyway, so... Uh, David Cross is an investment manager working with the plaintiffs, uh, plaintiffs said this, quote, if we're finding this in Fulton County, we're probably going to find it throughout the state. The question is, why did it happen? Quote, the simple fact that it happened and we found it here means that it probably occurred elsewhere. On top of this, Donald Trump releasing a statement today. New evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. Now, this is in a press release um, by this organization, um, uh, Voter uh, Georgia, Voters Organized for Treated uh, 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 Election Results in Georgia. Sorry, by the way, very small print um, in front of me here. But anyway, new evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. Petitioners in a lawsuit organized by Voter Georgia to inspect Fulton County ballots had, uh, have added stunning claims in their amended complaint and provided new evidence from public records that show Fulton's County, Fulton County's hand count audit of the November 3rd, 2020 election was riddled with massive errors and provable fraud. Most new allegations and evidence are based on a voter Georgia data team's analysis of Fulton County's November 2020 mail-in ballot images made public after petitioners won a court order on April 13th. The team's analysis revealed that 923 of the 1,539 mail-in ballot batch files contained votes incorrectly reported in Fulton's official November 3rd election, election results. These inaccuracies are due to discrepancies in votes for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and total votes compared to their reported audit totals for respective batches. Thus, 
the error reporting rate in Fulton's hand count audit is a whopping 60%. And it goes on. Now, Brad Raffensperger, who's the Secretary of State in Georgia, was telling us that this didn't occur, that this was such a safe election. It couldn't be further from the truth. And now evidence is starting to come out on it. I mean, it's July now. This happened in November. The wheels of justice are so, so slow and always, always biased against conservatives. I mean, I say it all the time on this program. One of the hardest things to do in this country is to be a conservative. So in the Daily Caller, and this um was published yesterday, Brad Raffensperger himself actually tweeted it today, quote, Fulton's election issues are decades in the making. I have been, by the way, Fulton County includes Atlanta dirty Atlanta when it comes to this stuff. I have been calling on Fulton to better serve their voters since I took office. Georgia voters in Fulton County deserve better. This guy has totally changed his tune, by the way. Now, the Daily Caller's article uh, reads, Raffensperger warns Georgia County clean their own house after double counting dozens of 2020 ballots before recount. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger lambasted Fulton County's election mismanagement in a statement to the Daily Caller uh, after it was reported nearly 200 ballots were initially scanned twice before being corrected in the recount. He said, quote, every time we think we've reached the peak of Fulton's election mismanagement issues, more comes to light. I've been calling for change in Fulton County since day one. I, he has not been doing that, by the way. And, and we have the evidence. He says, quote, maintaining public confidence in our election elections begins in Fulton County. He does argue that uh, now with uh, SB 202, the state election board has the authority to make that happen. If Fulton County doesn't take action to clean their own house, then I reiterate my call that the state election board should use their new authority to clean it for them. However, okay, now that's, that's fine and dandy. I mean, this week, should have heard this back in November and December and January when Donald Trump was talking about it. Daily Caller had the same publication, by the way, January 4th, 20 of this year. Headline, Brad Raffensperger says Trump's data is just plain wrong, stands by pushing back against Trump during leaked phone call. He said that Donald Trump's data on massive voter fraud is, quote, just plain wrong said this, um, and by the way, it was on Good Morning America with the Clinton hack, George Stephanopoulos. If you want to know if ABC is biased or not, just think of that, by the way. Uh, he spoke with Good Morning America after he leaked a phone call to the Washington Post with Donald Trump um, and showed that the president asking Raffensperger to, quote, find the necessary votes, which now the Washington Post has corrected that and said, oh, no, that actually didn't happen. Raffensperger pushed back on Trump's claims, said this, quote, George, for the last two months, we've been fighting a rumor whack-a-mole, and it was pretty obvious very early on that we debunked every one of those theories that's been out there, but that pre but President Trump continues to believe them. Now, now Rat Brad Raffensperger actually wants to talk about voter fraud, and now he's telling Fulton County to clean it up. He wasn't saying this back in January. That is a hypocrite of the highest standards, a complete and utter joke, by the way. How are we led to believe 
that election fraud didn't occur when we literally are reading about it and seeing it in front of our very eyes. You know, November 3rd was a very November 3rd, 2020 was a very dark day for our country. And it, it and in fact, I'd probably be more accurate in saying the early hours of November 4th were just completely and utterly disgusting. Malin ballot after Malin ballot rolling in and giving Joe Biden a lead when Donald Trump had the election wrapped up. He had it done. It, he had it won. And then I watched. I was up. I was up the whole night. I couldn't believe what was going on in front of my very eyes. It was just here's here's another one. Oh, Joe Unity. Now now Joe Unity has a lead. And then it progressed all the way to the November seventh on Saturday. Then they announced Joe Biden as the winner. Mail-in ballots should never, ever, ever be involved in an election in this country ever again. Absentee ballots, that's one thing. Prove that you're indefinitely confined and that you can't make it to the polling location. By the way, how lazy of a person do you have to be? If you don't have a medical excuse or you're out of the country, you need to go and vote in person. Like I said, you should be proud of voting in this country, whether you vote for a hack Democrat who hates this country nowadays or a Republican. I mean, it, 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 it's one of the highest you know, things that we have, one of our highest duties in this country. And yet you wanna, you you're just let your vote be a mail-in ballot, right? It's a total and complete joke. And, and it needs to be figured out, it really does. And I don't think it's going to be figured out until a Republican has the White House again. Or we have Republican state legislators that actually want to clean this up. I mean, it's time for the Republicans to get a backbone. You know, I always say, if being a conservative, being conservatives, one of the hardest things to do because we have Democrats who are, are going to stab us in the front, but Republicans, rhino Republicans, are going to stab us in the back. Brad Raffensperger is the definition of a rhino Republican. Um, all right, we got more news to get into. The BLMFL, the MFL, whatever it is you want to call it. How about this today? Uh, Fox News reports NFL 2021 season will include the Black National Anthem and social justice messages. Okay, why do we have a Black National Anthem? Now, is there going to be a White National Anthem? Is there a Latino national anthem? Is there an Asian national anthem? I would say, and this was something that Martin Luther King Jr. always spoke about, that, that don't we want to have one America where there's no segregation, where there's no where people don't look at people in terms of race? A black national anthem. And there and, and, and um, um the song I guess is called Lift Every Voice and Sing. It was played last season uh, um uh before the at the start of week one um but the nfl now says that uh that that'll happen they'll be playing that national the black national anthem uh the nfl also by the way allowed social justice phrases like uh end racism to be painted in the back of teams end zones players uh were able to honor victims of system by the way listen to this honor victims of systemic racism by the way, last season, you know, I, I know they had the what the Brianna Taylor on their helmet or whatever else they had there. Um, the national anthem is usually only heard before early season games or some primetime games. The Super Bowl and the NFL um, draft as well. 
Lift Every Voice and Sing was played before the Super Bowl and the draft in April. The league made the decision to play Lift Every Voice and Sing before week one um, last year in the midst of a, listen to this now, a summer of racial unrest across major metropolitan cities in the U.S. No, it was actually just Black Lives Matter rioting and destroying and looting and causing chaos on our, our streets and our major cities. And by the way, what did Democrats do? Sat back and let it happen until, you know, then it became damaging for them politically. And they said, oh, no, no, now we got to stop. I mean, look, look, look at Portland, Oregon, right? That is still a mess. Mayor Ted Wheeler there has no idea what to do. I mean, every single day you get something new, something more violent out of Antifa there. And he's doing nothing about it. He's totally lost control of his city. Um, by the way, MFL Commissioner Roger Goodell acknowledged the Black Lives Matter movement. We at the Marxist Football League believe Black Lives Matter, right? Well, how about this, okay? How about we actually talk about the Marxist organization that is Black Lives Matter? And Fabiola Santiago is her name. She writes in the Miami Herald, and she writes an article today. Afro-Cuban lives don't matter to the shameful leaders of Black Lives Matter, she writes. She says, now I have the answer to the question I've been asking for months. And the proof is right here in her Twitter box biography. Her pinned tweet it is, right? Your, I guess it's your most popular tweet that you want everyone to see. She wrote April 16th of this year, brave Afro-Cubans leading unprecedented protests in Cuba need Black Lives Matter support. So when she says, I have the answer to the question I've been asking for months, she's absolutely right. She's been at this since April. She says, she asks, why doesn't the Black Lives Matter movement care that Afro-Cubans are being beaten, arrested, and jailed? And after Sunday's historic protests in Cuba, also killed for the crime of demanding the basic human right to free expression, how can a movement supposedly dedicated to seeking justice turn a blind eye to what's going on in Cuba as if those batons, chokeholds, and bullets weren't used on black people? She writes, the regrettable, shameful answer came Wednesday night on the organization's official Instagram page because the organization's leadership stands sol solidly behind, Cu behind Cuba's oppressive white-led communist regime. Why Why is this a surprise for this woman? Why, why should Black Lives Matter statement last night? And by the way, here's what they said, quote, Black Lives Matter condemns the U.S. federal government. How about that? It's not the fault of the Cuban dictators in Cuba. This is the U.S. government's fault. That's what Black Lives Matter is, saving, is saying. They uh, condemn the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift the embargo. This cruel and inhumane policy instituted with the explicit intention of destabilizing the country and undermining Cubans' rights to choose their own government is at the heart of Cuba's current crisis. The Cuban people can't choose their own government because they live in a dictatorship. There is no backlash. They don't condemn the Cuban government's treatment of the Cuban people. They just condemn the U.S. government here. It's completely disgusting. Now, they say this, um, uh, or excuse me, Santiago writes, 
using the same tactic and the same words as the Cuban regime, Black Lives Matter blames all of the failures of the 62-year-old dictatorship on the United States. She says this, Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matters' refusal to stand with the Cuban people, desperately putting their lives on the line, claiming their right to be free, is a punch in the gut. And I would say to her, where have you been for the past few months? If you don't understand that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, then I don't know what to tell you. Because we've chronicled it on this program. Not many, not many people in the mainstream media want to talk about it. But I have told you that they are a Marxist organization for a long, long time. You won't hear that in the mainstream media, though. It's unbelievable. It really is. We are down, folks, to 1,284 days left to go.